the first question you ask yourself is, do I have clarity in what it is that I actually want to achieve? Mm. And if the answer is no, or if the answer is kind of, then that should be the first place to look because without that, you'll never even leave the starting gate. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, For those of you that are new. Anyway, today we're going to have a very interesting conversation about why you procrastinate. So there's three main reasons why human beings procrastinate or don't get their work or the things or achieve their goals that they want. And those are, one, there's no clarity. Okay, that's number one. Two is even if you have clarity, most people don't have accountability, structure of accountability. And three is community. And those are kind of the things that we're going to start working on is how do you, it's how to create clarity, accountability, and community, right? And when you have those things, you actually stop procrastinating. All right. So let's, let's go one by one of these things. And then there's a few sub distinctions within this conversation that we want to share with you guys as well. So the first one is clarity. Without clarity, you, it's really funny. What was the, what was the line that uh, somebody told you about angels looking through your eyes? Oh, uh, Pam told me that. She said, uh, to imagine like angels sitting behind your head and whatever you can create, you know, like with your imagination, just like see with your eyes and they'll, uh, they'll help you create that in the world. So in other words, angels are there, God, energy, universe, whatever the heck you want to call it, is always there looking to provide for you what you want. The reason, as we've spoken about in a few of the other series is, you know, different parts of you have to align. So the conscious mind has to align with the unconscious mind. And that's what we're, we're shooting for is that alignment. However, without a clear goal, a clear vision, it's almost near impossible for that to happen. Because if you don't actually know what it is you're aiming for, there's really no chance of it happening. There's an awesome story about a, um, a monk who is teaching this, this apprentice And the monk's gift or the thing that he's mastered over the decades and decades and decades, he's a very old master, is archery. And he's teaching this boy all these life lessons and they're always out in the forest and they're hunting and shooting, um, not bullseyes, uh, shooting... um, Arrows? No, the the thing that you hit. Targets. Wow. Blanked on that one. Uh, (laughs) I I just kept seeing bullseye in my head. So always, and and this monk never missed, literally never, ever missed. So as long as, you know, for the multiple decades that the student's been with them, the monks never missed. And so 
he wants to teach a boy a lesson and he puts on a pair of uh, blindfolds and he stands fairly close to the target and he says to the student, hey, do you think I can hit this target? Now, the kid had never seen this monk miss, so obviously his response was, yeah, absolutely. And so the monk, sure enough, pulls back, sets up, fires the arrow and misses wildly. I mean, like doesn't even hit the target. And takes off his blindfold and he says to the kid, it doesn't matter how good you are at something, you'll never hit a target that you can't see. Mm -hmm. And clarity, the reason everyone talks about writing down your goals and goal setting and different people have programs, you know, we we believe in 90-day goal setting and people will have yearly goal setting and five-year goal settings and other people will break down goals into life goals and financial goals and family goals and health goals and all these different things is because without clarity in an area, there's absolutely no shot of you hitting that target. So the first thing as Star and Prema perfectly alluded to is clarity. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, there's no way that you can hit that target. One of the reasons that people procrastinate a lot is because if you don't physically know where it is you're going, then you will just procrastinate, right? Because think about this. If you were to go kind of off of the line that guy said, if you were going to go onto a journey, okay, and you said you wanted to go to, I don't know, let's say Rome, okay, and you had no idea which way to even start going, what are the chances that you will get up? pack your bags and end up down that road? Absolutely none. None. Because to your conscious and unconscious mind, you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. So there's absolutely no point to start. Because one of the things that we all know we hate is failing, right? And if there's no clarity, there's no way that we could possibly succeed. So the first thing you have to get, like if you are procrastinating in a certain area of life, the first question you ask yourself is, do I have clarity in what it is that I actually want to achieve? Mm. And if the answer is no, or if the answer is kind of, then that should be the first place to look because without that, you'll never even leave the starting gate. The second piece is a piece that we believe in massively, and that is accountability. So yes, you can have clarity and you can write out your goals and how many of you guys have written amazing goals and had amazing visions of what you wanted to happen and nothing ever happened. All of us, right? What was, I don't, I'd never forget the name of that movie, but it was like, I remember the, the one with the birthday wish. He, uh, the, the guy plays kind of like a, a comedic devil of sorts. And, um, there's a birthday, he's at the birthday and he's, he made friends with this guy and it's his friend's birthday. And the guy goes to blow out the candles and he says, everyone asks, you know, Hey, what did you wish for? And he's like, Oh, I can't tell you, you know, it, it won't come true. Oh, it's a uh, bedazzled. Is that what it is? Bedazzled? With, uh, what's her face? The very good looking British actress and Brendan Fraser. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's and- what you're talking about. And, she, and I don't know, the devil, I don't know if that's what it was, but basically the devil laughs to his friend. He's like, suckers, I, I made them believe that. Mm-hmm. Because the devil knows that if you don't speak your desires into existence and you don't share them with others, then there's, there's almost zero chance that you're going to accomplish them. Mm-hmm. And so accountability is massive. 
We did a 30-day meditation challenge in our Have It All Academy, in our actual coaching group. And when we created this game, this 30-day meditation game, all it was was whenever you wanted during the day, for at least five minutes a day, meditate. We didn't care how guided, not guided, with this music, that music, during the day, with headphones, without. It didn't matter to us. It was like every day for 30 days, you do this. And if you don't do it, you we had a, a group chat going back and forth and you would honor like I did it today, I didn't do it today, et cetera, et cetera. And three of the people who are the most resistant to this, mm-hmm. who had time issues, um, they could never figure out how to do it right issues, all of these things are to this day the ones that have not missed a day. Why? Because we put together a community. Well, we'll get to that in the third place. But we put together accountability where we had one goal. Everyone knew what that goal was, right? The outcome of the goal was irrelevant. But like the goal was do this for 30 days. And we had accountability. So what would happen is, and this is an interesting part with peer pressure. It's like peer pressure can be used in very positive ways, right? It's not only to get kids to do drugs or drink or whatever it is. It's like, it can actually work in your favor. And what we noticed as a community was that on the days that you kind of missed your window and you were like, ah, I'd skip it. And you know that on any other given circumstance, you'd be like, ah, whatever, I'll skip it. I'll just do it tomorrow. You had eight to 10 to 15 people in the group like, Oh, I did it today. It was amazing. Oh, I did it today. It was amazing. You're like, damn it. I got to do it today. You know? And even though that might not be the best way to, to necessarily go and meditate, it's just about creating that habit. Well, I, I also think public accountability leverages uh, the phenomenon of looking good, right? So humans are um, quite obsessed with the idea of looking good. And I don't just necessarily mean like physically looking good. I mean, like not being embarrassed and how we look to our peers and that's why people strive for money and luxury and all these kind of things. Like we perceive that by projecting certain things, it looks good. Um, it's the same reason why, um, you know, if you trip down uh, a sidewalk, like you trip over a crack or even if the crack's not there, you turn around and like blame the sidewalk because you don't want to mess with your feeling of looking good. So that's a human phenomenon. Everyone experiences it. Everyone's looking good for you. You're looking good for everybody else, which means that instead of trying to overcome that phenomenon, which seems to be unlikely or nearly impossible, you might as well leverage it. So public accountability leverages looking good. And that's why when everyone gets involved in the game and you see everyone playing, it starts looking not good to you to not play the game. So in those moments, you're like, I don't really want to. And you're like, damn it, they're going to know. you know. <laughs> and then you just do it, but it's a great way to form a habit because over time, the more you do it, the more you find that the excuse around time or money or uh, the resistance to doing it because you're like, well, I don't know what I'm getting out of this doesn't matter. Because as you start doing the process, it becomes you start having insights and clarity over why it is that you're doing it in the first place. And I think this will go back to uh, what Elon's talking about is uh, gaining clarity. Yeah. Yeah. So and then that's that's that second piece. Now, I will tell you that even if you have clarity, but you don't share that goal with somebody else. So I'll give you a great example. A lot of people are all about losing weight, getting healthier, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is that I had a friend here literally this weekend and she's in a really, really good shape. And she complained to me the other day that she's, she would be in much better shape, but she has such a sweet tooth that she'll eat 
multiple candy bars a day. I have a massive sweet tooth, massive. But for me, my wife and I have set up accountability whereby we don't, we don't keep snack food in our house. Like we'll have certain, you know, dried fruits and things like that. And this girl's like, dry fruits? Who, who says it's a snack? But in our world, we realize that if we have candy bars and things like that in our house, we will consume them. Mm-hmm. So as a team, we hold each other to account and we say, okay, listen, we keep this out of the house. I'm telling you, I swear that there's absolutely no way I would be able to do that on my own. Like zero chance of that happening on my own. I have a massive sweet tooth and I could just sit here and eat pints of ice cream like to no end. I've seen it. Yeah, guys have seen it. So without sharing that, hey, hey, friend, hey, husband, hey, wife, hey, coworker, I'm playing this game. One of the best things of this I've ever seen was uh, I heard some woman was going to quit smoking and she made basically like business cards that said, I'm quitting smoking. If you ever see me smoking a cigarette, you're allowed to X, whatever it is, right? And she went and handed this to every single person that she knew, people at work, all of her family, all of her friends, except for one guy, the one guy that she really, really liked. Because she was afraid that if she handed this to him, like she would actually do this, right? She would actually have no way to wiggle out because she wants to impress him, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> finally, obviously, her friends convinced her to give it to him and she quit, you know? And it's, I thought it was just a genius, genius uh, way to do this. So that's accountability. And when you put accountability and clarity together, you're, you pretty much have almost the full uh, trifecta there. The third piece, which kind of, you know, we're hinting at here with accountability is community. You surround yourself with people that have shitty money conversations. And that's not something that you chose consciously. You chose it subconsciously. You like to surround yourself with people in pods, if you will, that are of the same similar points of view on life. And, and by the way, this is a, a human phenomenon as the identity forms. Part of the design of the identity is to actually have you immediately go spend time with individuals, groups, and organizations that have agreement for what you believe is so about the world, what you believe is so about your identity, you know, what you believe is so about everything. And we interact or one of the ways that we test whether things are true in reality is through agreement. So in order for the identity not to feel threatened all the time, it puts itself in environments where the conversation always feedback loops what you already believe. And if you really think about it, throughout our entire lives, most of us like to think that we're very worldly and open-minded people, but studies will show that your average person that has about five best friends throughout a lifetime, five, okay? Now, let's expand that out and say you had 50 best friends. So these are the people you know really, really well in the world, Right. Now, on the planet, as an estimate, we think, or at least that's what they tell us, that there's about 7.3 billion people. If you were to take the percentage of the 50 people that you know really well, I don't know what percentage that is, but I imagine there's a lot of point and then a lot of zero zeros after that, and then a one, like somewhere like way, way down there. So that's how much you actually know about the people in the world. How many of us walk around like that? So think about why you've instinctively 
chosen these people to be around you? Are they the people that are like constantly berating you and telling you things aren't the way that they are or like trying to coach you? No, they're like, yep. You know, they, you say something, you complain about it and they're like, yep, you're right. It's all about creating agreement for the way that we believe the world is. And we do this totally naturally. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, exactly. And so Go ahead, yeah. be, because of that, you've put yourself in these places. Now, some of you guys already know that when you start to vibrate at different vibrations, and we spoke about this, you seem to release these people sometimes in, you know, natural, great ways and other times not so pleasant, great ways for, for either party. Mm-hmm. Having said that though, as you start vibrating at different frequencies, as you start having different thoughts, different conversations, you will naturally gravitate towards those conversations and away from all these others. Mm. So when people have shitty money conversations, generally, if you look around, the people around you as well have shitty money conversations. And it's only when you delve into a new group that has a lifted conversation around money that you even see the disparity. Because up until that point, that's how life was, right? When you're secluded in your own tribe, in your own circle, yes, you might see things on TV of people living X, Y, Z lives, but it's not real to you. It's not real to you till you put yourself in that network, in that circumstance. And I can tell you for myself- I say more accurately, you don't have, it's, not, it's not accessible to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a better point, better way to say it. I remember for us, as we excelled in business- we always made sure to be in groups at the highest level that we could A, afford, and B, would honestly let us in there. So it was very important for us to constantly surround ourselves with people that were thinking bigger than we were, that had bigger lives. And I don't mean money money only. I mean, just like bigger lives. We're solving bigger problems in the world and things like that. Because whenever you, whenever you see that gap, it allows you to realize what it is that you need to do to get and fill that space. So for me, you know, for tennis, like the reason I like to play players who are better than me is because when I play a player who is better than me and they kick my ass, (laughs) I now know what are the things I need to work on that they do so much better than me. And that allows me to accelerate. And so when we were in these different networks and different groups, one of the things we saw early on is the amount of reading that these people do and the amount of money and time they spend on their education, whether in seminars or groups was so beyond what we thought people were, I don't know, not even capable of is the right word, but just willing to do. Mm -hmm. And it completely shifted our mindset. So putting yourself in a community that has different conversations around the things that you want, you want to have better relationships, Surround yourself with people that have awesome relationships. You want to be healthy. The reason that someone that's overweight and comes from an overweight family has such a hard time losing weight is because the conversation in that family is very against the new conversation that this person is. So what they need to do is they need to join a gym or CrossFit or a running or biking club or something where there's other people that are up to that game. And once you do that, it's almost like through osmosis, you begin to live that. Those words, those thoughts that these people are having 
impregnate you and completely shift your view of life, which helps you stop where we all started procrastinating. So let's say um, here you are in the center. So we have a distinction that we call network of conversations, okay? Now, if you think about the way that we interact as people, um, you know, we say hi and then we shake hands and then we start asking each other questions like, hey, where are you from? What do you do? Stuff like that. And what we're really engaging the person in is, is in questions that are going to elicit stories. And now the stories we tell each other are really what we're doing is we're training each other in our belief systems. So, you know, if I was to meet Prema and I start shaking her hand and we kind of go back and forth on our stories, she's going to know, like, guy likes this, he doesn't like that. You can communicate this to him. This pisses him off. This makes him laugh, right? Slowly but surely, I'll kind of like teach you about myself through all these stories. And now the funny part is, is that we then get in an argument with the way that our environment sees us. And we believe that it should see us some other way, even though we're the ones responsible for training them that way. And again, this is a function of our identity because our identity does this thing where it feels like everyone's making it wrong. And in contrast, we make everybody wrong for something. And we constantly hook people into our identity, kind of like putting bait out there to start conversations that will elicit our identity getting its fixed. Now, you guys all know how to do this because you know if you've been to like a dinner party or you walk into a room where you don't know anybody, you can pick out the people in the room that are going to come and dance and play with your identity, right? It's just kind of like what we do. So there's all these things about doing, uh, about understanding how you bait people. And that's really kind of an access to something. But when we have a like transformative thought, I mean, people use that word a lot. Sorry, I don't know why that's popping up. People have these transformative thoughts all the time. So let's say you have a transformative thought. And honestly, transformation is not that complicated. People make it think like, like seem like it's this big idea. Transformation is like, I'm never going to see her again or I'm never going to see him again, or I am going to start seeing them again, or I'm never going to smoke that again. Like Elon said, I was smoking cigarettes, or I'm going to stop eating pints of ice cream. You know, like that will transform your life. If yeah. you're overweight, like no doubt. But we talked about agreement, right? So the, one of the ways that we test reality as humans is through agreement. Now, because when you were in an orange circle, you trained all these people to see you a specific way. Even if you have a transformative thought, the moment you step out here, and start interacting with your environment and you're like not smoking anymore. You lost some weight and nobody notices because everyone's pretty much self-absorbed in their own little world. You start thinking to yourself, well, I guess the transformation didn't happen. I don't see any agreement out here. And then what happens is you start doubting your transformation and you go back to being the way that you were. Where this really works is when you start sharing, kind of like Elon mentioned in that movie, Bedazzled, if you start sharing your transformation, so you're like, hey, uh, mom, you know, like I know for the last 30 years, I've said, you know, this and this and this about food or this and this about my financial situation. And it's had this kind of impact on me. It's had this kind of impact on you. I'm not committed to that anymore. In fact, I'm taking these classes now and they're having me see X, Y, and Z. And here's what I see is possible for my financial life. And this is what I'm working towards. And if I do that, here's the impact on me. Here's going to be the impact on our family and you, et cetera, et cetera. And what you're really doing is you're re-enrolling them in a story. And now what ends up happening is that you're starting to create agreement for a new story. And this person gets enrolled and they basically become a triangle. Then you do it with your dad, you do it with your siblings, with your best friends, right? With your coworkers. And what ends up happening is because you start sharing that transformation, you're changing the way that these people view you because you've enrolled them in a new possibility for yourself. And now what happens is when you step out into your environment, you find that there is complete agreement. And your transformation becomes natural and easy. 
And this is one of the ways to motivate yourself or find motivation in your environment to take natural action. Most people do not share with their environment what's shifting ever. Then they start making the environment wrong for not seeing the way that they shifted. Yeah. And they get an argument with it. That's a really good point. Do you guys, does that make sense? What guy just showed you the drawing help? So keep that, and it's, it's good to keep that in the back of your mind as like an access point to transformation, to taking action. It really happens in the sharing. Transformation doesn't happen just over here. It's a phenomenon that happens in the interaction, in the relationship between you and others. And what we're talking about here, mostly when people want to change, what they do is they, um, they're not enrolling people in what's shifted in their life. What they're doing is they're trying to cajole, manipulate, and control outcomes. And they approach the conversation like you need to believe what I, what I believe. And they don't allow the person to be, get into a state of self-discovery. And then it becomes your opinion versus their opinion. Mm. And if you've ever been in those kind of conversations, you know that mostly, if not ever, people don't leave at any table with your opinions. They leave with their opinions, which is, by the way, a huge waste of time. We train people to use language and communication in such a way that enrolls another person to choose for themselves that belief versus pushing our beliefs onto people. And most of the, most of the public is not using this type of uh, language technology because they just haven't been trained how to. So there's a way to approach conversation in such a way where you give you leave the person at choice to get enrolled in that. And yes, of course, there's people in our lives that are permanent. We call those people call those people family. And even, <laughs> and even so, and I'm taking, we're telling you over 14 years of doing this kind of work that we've seen endless transformation happen in family when you make a small shift, right? When you make a small shift in the way that you approach people. Most people are just, uh, they're in an argument with other people's belief systems, and then they try to change their belief systems, and that just doesn't work. Nobody wants that because their identity is so sure, just like yours is, of the way things are. And you communicate from that point of view as if your identity and the way that you view the world is true. Now, there are 7.3 billion people out there with identities formed, all believing that the way that they see the world is true. So, you know, if you've been on our trainings, we actually didn't do it for this one. We generally start with asking you guys to listen a specific way. And the first way we tell you is that nothing we say here is true. What we're actually looking at is different paradigms through which you can view the world so that you can start seeing, wow, if I just change my view a little bit, that gives me access to something. There might be more power here for me. And that's what really what we're looking for all the time is can you shift your gaze and maybe looking at it in some other way will give you access or power in an area where you have no access and no power right now. And then we also tell you that it, because it's not true, everything that we're offering you is really just like trying on a jacket. You know, if you're just there having opinions, whether you agree or disagree about what we're saying, what you're really walking away with is just more of your opinions. And you already have your opinions, so that's nothing new. So what we're really, when we're offering these type of ways of looking at things, it's really just like try on a jacket, walk around with it, see if you like it. If you don't like it, leave the jacket. And then we have some other jackets for you to try on. However, we know that there is a, a lot of different ways to view the same situations. Most people are just so stuck in one singular view. And that singular view is giving them the way that they're being, the actions they're taking, and it's consistent with the results that they're getting. The moment you shift the way that you're being, and that's really what we're looking for right now, is how do you stop being a person that procrastinates, right? And starts being, start being a person that's an action. You'll find that you'll take different actions when we start kind of talking about what's the access point to stop procrastinating procrastinating. And then you'll find that you get different results in life. If you don't change or transform the way that you're being, you'll keep taking the same actions. So if you get the same results, it's like walking down the same road over and over again and expecting a new building to be there. 
and Einstein says, you know, with, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is insanity. Most people are just doing insane things. They keep doing the same stuff, meeting the same people, having the same conversations, arguing about the same stuff, and then going, how come my life's not changing? Well, okay, well, that points to what results doing that stuff gets. So if you want different results, you have to start having different paradigms. And that's what all these conversations are about. Yeah. So one of the last pieces to, to close the loop on this of why people procrastinate is their integrity is out. So integrity at the basic level, as we described, is just doing what you believe, what you said you would do by when you would do it. And also just even when people aren't looking, are you still doing what you set out to do? So if no one was watching, are you still performing at your best doing what you said you would do? The second piece of it, which very few people talk about, is what's called an empowering context. I'm going to give you an example. So you could wake up with your kids and feed them breakfast and do all that stuff. And you could do it, right? And you could be angry about it. You could just be pissed off about it. Like, they're annoying. Why do I have to wake up early? All this kind of stuff, right? That is out of integrity. If you do something and there isn't an empowering context around that thing, an empowering context is something that lights you up, that pulls you forward, that makes you want to do this at the best of your ability. If you don't have that kind of thing in there, then you're just going through the motions. And if you're just going through the motions, you may as well, by our definition, not be doing it. We, we spoke to one of our personal clients today. He's in a program called our Ascension program. And he was talking about how he's just been in a shitty mood. And he's like, you know, all I did today was I put up some ads and whatever. They're probably crappy anyway. And we're like, yeah, if that was your attitude about it, like there's zero empowering context about that. There's no like, I'm creating ads that are going to make me X amount of dollars. I'm creating ads that are going to move my, my business forward. I'm creating ads that are going to test a new revenue stream for me. None of it. It was just like, I just did it. It's shit. And it's shit. And you guys know, it's like, you can have a extremely well intentioned workout where you go in there and you're just really busting your butt and like you have a goal. I remember, you know, we were going to Ibiza and before that, for that month and a half, two months, like even though I was in shape, my workouts were really, really motivated. You know, I was like, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life before we go on this trip. And that was, that was a great empowering context for me. And what's funny is that ever since we got back and like I've had event after event and this thing and that thing and whatever, it's been really hard to get back into that same kind of intensity mm-hmm. that I had before. And so I realized that what was missing was an empowering context, right? An empowering context can be anything. You could create games that it's just you to play. It doesn't even matter. It's like, can I beat what I did yesterday? Can I beat what I did last week? Whatever your empowering context is, one must be in place. Because if you don't have an empowering context in place, procrastination will rear its ugly head. Like, I want you to think of procrastination as the default switch. Like, if there's no pressure against the default switch, the switch will be turned into procrastination mode. That's where the body wants to go. That's where the brain wants to go. It is just consistent in that that place. So what you need to do is, like we said, no clarity, switches down, right? 
No accountability switches down. No community switches down. No empowering context. That switch has not enough force to stay up there. So you can have clarity. You can have accountability. You can have the community. But at the end of the day, you got to wake up every single day and get yourself in gear. Every single day, you got to be the one pushing this thing forward. There isn't an army behind you, like tapping you on the shoulder all the time going, hey, you moving forward? Did you do what you said you were going to do? Like that's self-motivation. And to find self-motivation and to be personally responsible, and we had a huge conversation around responsibility, you have to maintain an empowering context. Yeah. So so it's just to kind of throw a little bit more in the mix here. An, An empowering context, another way, is your state of being how you're choosing to be, right? And it's like, it's like the lens I'm viewing the world through from could be everything's a struggle or everything's a joy. So like some people could say, like, I have to wake up early with my kids. Oh my God, I'm waking up early. For somebody else, it's, wow, I get to spend an extra hour with my child today, exactly. right? That's just like an excited way of being shows up and there's different actions. Like if you're excited about waking up early with your kids, there's going to be a certain way you interact with your kids, some action you take with that and the result that you get with your child based off of that action. If you're like, shit, I have to wake up early today. You're tired. You're trudging. You're angry while you're making breakfast. Those are all actions. Your child's going to pick up on those actions. You're going to interact with them in a specific way and that's going to get you certain results, which is probably anger from your child or like a lack of presence or they're going to be like pulling mom, 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 right? Because they're not getting the attention that they want and they're not getting their needs met, right? And that's how life is. It just sets all these precedences. One of the key things that we do, and Elon and I do this for each other, but we've also, we've just hired a coach for the same reason, is we're constantly looking to up, up level our game right? Like Elon and I have a big goal to transform the planet. That doesn't happen because it's wishful thinking. Like there has to be a plan in place. A part of that is we're always looking for new ways of being that we can transform our our ways too. Like we have an amazing life and that's come out of like constantly looking at what's missing in our state of being. And and I want to clarify, not what's wrong in how we're being, what's missing that would like upgrade it and there would be a different level of impact. Now, every time we find that, Elon and I have naturally created this muscle that we share what's opening up for us, right? The sharing, the enrolling, et cetera, et cetera. And what we do for each other is we're each other's committed listener. So if Elon says he's like, you know, this is what I'm up to in life, what we always create is, okay, so now I I listen for Elon showing up that way in the world. When Elon doesn't show up that way, I'm accountable for calling him out on it. Mm -hmm. And most of us, like Elon said with the story about the woman who's smoking, don't want to be called out on our integrity. We don't want to be called out on our accountability because it makes us feel like bad, like when you get criticism, except in our point of view, this isn't criticism. We're asking for it. So by the way, I quit smoking cigarettes that way. I created accountability for all my friends. I said, if you see me with a cigarette in my mouth, you have the right to pull it away from me because I, I felt that I couldn't do it. I smoked for like almost 10 years. And I realized that in my environment, there was wiggle room for me to smoke. Like I could get away with it because I never made an agreement with anybody, right? And the moment I create agreement with my friends, there wasn't anybody I spent time around anymore that I could just pull out and smoke a cigarette because I knew they would pull it away from me. So I didn't even pull it out. And I quit smoking cigarettes like that. Mostly we create agreements with ourselves. We don't tell anybody else. And then we're like, okay, well, I'm going to lose five pounds. So I'm going to start exercising. And then like Tuesday, it's like, I don't feel like it. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wednesday rolls around. All right, well, I don't really feel like it today either. And that cookie looks really good. Wiggle, 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 right? <laughs> and we like, and we wiggle our way out of our own commitments. So it's important to understand that in communication, when we use agreements, 
the design of agreements is to create trust. That's what it does, right? Like uh, you agree to marry somebody, it's like commitment. There's trust there until you fuck with it. So when you have broken agreements, so that's another way of saying what integrity is. It's like integrity is having agreements that you keep. The moment there's broken agreements, you lose trust with people and they stop listening to you as powerful. And that's why you have to re-enroll them and transform that listening of like, you can hold me accountable to this. And when they say, hey, you're not being the way that you said you're going to be, it's not about feeling guilty or having shame. It's about being like, they're right. I'm not saying or being the way that I said I'm going to be. Let me be that way. And then what's predictable is you'll get new results from that. So again, if you want to transform something in your life, a really powerful distinction is to have somebody that can be a committed listener for you, what you're up to in life and who you say you're going to be. And what you offer them is the space to call you out on your shit, on your lack of integrity when it's not there. So if you don't go to the gym on Wednesday, or you have a person that you call up and be like, hey, look, I didn't go to the gym today. And that person's like, okay, got it. And again, not about making you wrong, but when Thursday rolls around, they're like, you get to the gym today and you're like, oh shit, no, I got to go. Right? And this is how we start forming habits. You will always mark my words and the things that you don't have strength around, like you don't have power in your life, you will always wiggle out, find reasons, excuses, call it whatever you will, that will perfectly justify while you're not being or taking the actions that you said that you wanted to, that you know would change your life. And then those areas of life don't transform and you create excuses for it. And you believe that that's like not doing it plus the excuse makes it okay. Kind of like when people tell you they're going to be somewhere on time, but they don't show up on time, then they give you the excuse. So it's like being late plus the excuse equals being on time. It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. And that's why transformation doesn't work for people because there's no accountability and they won't set accountability because heaven forbid, they look bad for two seconds and it's like, all right, would you rather look bad for two seconds, kick yourself in the ass and be like, let's do this thing. Or would you rather keep complaining about that area of life that sucked for the last 20 or 30 years? And that's where you got to choose for yourself. Like which one's it going to be? Where you don't have power in areas of your life, you're not making choices at all. What you're making is decisions about the way things are. So um, I use this example a lot, but, you know, again, in, in the context of language and how it works, if you look at the word decide, it has a suffix, C-I-D-E. It shares this lineage with words like genocide, suicide, homicide, pesticide, right? If you look at all those words, what those words tell you is it, it kills off. So the suffix side means to kill off, right? And whatever comes before it is what you're killing off. So in this scenario, every time you decide something, like I can't wake up. I can't quit smoking. I can't lose that weight. I can't change my circumstances. What you're doing is you're killing off possibility. And this is a physical and literal experience that you're having because language gives us a physical and literal experience that we're having. It shapes our reality for us. Choosing is where you choose freely without, uh, without making all these considerations. Decisions always have considerations. And then you make them in the face of those considerations. So anytime there's a, some consideration, it's a decision. Choosing, it feels like a completely free experience. Mostly people I've met do not even know what a choice is. They've never actually made one because a choice has expansion to it. You go left. If it doesn't work, you have nothing about it. Then you go right. All right, that's not working either. Then I'll go this way. Then I'll go that way. It leaves you in a state of constantly testing your environment without necessarily having negative or any sort of feedback about it, except for it's whether or not it's where you want to be or not. And then you just keep testing endlessly inside the world of choice until you find something that works for you. When you're having negative experiences, I guarantee you that you're deciding. You're not choosing anything. The other thing I want to point out is in order to uh, stop the process of procrastination, whatever it is that you're procrastinating about, there's no urgency. There's no urgency or sense of urgency. So, you know, if you were, um, 
again, it's an example we use a lot, but if you're lacking money or time, which is, seems to be a prevalent problem for many, many people, um, I want you to think about how often you knee jerk that reaction. Like I just, you won't go. All right, well, I don't have money or time. And then you don't even give a thought to what could be possible if you just inquired into how to make that work for yourself, right? And you don't set urgency to it. Now, if you tell me you don't have time or money and tomorrow your car breaks down, like the transmission or the engine breaks, do you think you're going to find the time and the money to fix that car so you can get to work? You will, I guarantee you. Or if your kid is sick and they got to go to the hospital the day before you have no time or money, is that kid going to the hospital no matter what? They are. And you will find the time and the money to make that happen. And in both those situations, what you can see is the circumstance created urgency for you and people are magicians when there's urgency, right? So in all the areas of life where your relationships aren't working, where you complain but never actually do anything about it, do you ever notice how that works? Guys, like one of the things you might want to look at is if you complain about some area of life or the way that the world is and you're not willing to take action in that area of life, give up that you're allowed to complain because it's never going to change because you're unwilling to change it, period. So that complaint is sucking your energy and your time. You want to get some time back? Stop complaining about that thing. You know, like whatever area of life seems to be a problem, guess what? There's other people on the planet that have that same circumstance that that's not a problem for at all. So you're choosing the frame that's giving it the problem. Now, problems never go away. Problems are a part of the design of being human. What you do get to choose is what's the way that I'm looking at life and know that however you're looking at life, there is going to be natural problems that arise from that point of view. So it's not about altering or fixing your problems at all. It's about picking a view of life that creates a problem that you're actually lovingly willing to work on in an urgent manner. So for Elon and I, it's like global transformation. We genuinely give a shit about transforming the planet. I know how crazy is that, (laughs) but it gives us context for living our whole business. Everything. When we talk to people, it's all in the inquiry of how do we serve more? Because we have a game of transforming a hundred million people's lives. I don't know that we'll ever be able to solve that problem, but I'm willing to play the rest of my life to find out. You guys get that? So we're not solving our problems. We're, we're again, leveraging a phenomenon of problems and choosing which problem we want to deal with that we want to deal with, except for, and, and unless, you know, except for these like little ancillary issues. So most people wait for circumstances to arise in their life, to create urgency so that they can transform their lives. But here's the thing. Urgency, problems, all of it is a function of language, which means that you get to choose where your problems are and what's urgent to you. The things that you guys complain about that aren't working, again, you're saying that to somebody else, they're not. And it's not a problem or, or they created urgency and got that done. And that's the thing. You guys, whatever relationship's not working, whatever health is not working for you, whatever's in your business, whatever the thing is, get real with yourself and realize, damn, this is really hasn't been urgent to me. I keep shitting on my mom in every conversation because it's not urgent for you to fix that relationship. Not really. If tomorrow you create that shit, mom could die and I'm going to be left with all this baggage to carry, this hateful ass baggage in my heart and in my life, I'm going to have to carry that around till the day that I pass. Suddenly getting complete with mom tomorrow about all the things you've been incomplete with becomes really fucking urgent. Yeah. And then you go get it done and that relationship is boom, transformed. Because in urgency, you'll find forgiveness. In urgency, you'll find new actions and new ways of being with your mom that you've never been before. So where is your procrastination coming from? Complacency, apathy, resignation. It will never change. It's always going to be this way. All these things that we say to ourselves to justify why things won't ever get there. But here's the thing. 
all of that is perfectly valid and relatively true to you because that's your point of view. But it doesn't give you the life that you want. And then you complain about it and don't do anything about it. Okay, what's urgent for me right now? What are the things that I want to work on? List them out. All right, maybe, and then you'll maybe find there's a, lot, a shorter list than you actually believe. And it's okay, then let's hyper-focus on this one area of life. Let's transform that thing. Otherwise, if you have a someday, one day, I'll take care of these things, conversations, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years pass like that for people. Someday they will until someday they can't because either they're not well or somebody else isn't well anymore. And that's it. So we used to have a mentor that says, People talk about someday all the time. Someday I'll do this, someday I'll do that. He goes, every day I wake up on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I am clear that if I ever wake up on a Sunday, like a whole lot of great shit's going to happen all over the world. But it's unlikely that I'm going to wake up on Sunday. And that's what procrastination is. It's a someday conversation, right? Like Elon and I didn't build our business because it was someday we will. Our relationships aren't where they are because someday we will. We don't travel or like, you know, him and I are really fit because someday we will do this stuff. We literally create conversations in the present, in the now, and create into our future so that our present is impacted by the future. Kind of like what Elon said, he goes on vacation to Ibiza, he starts getting the best shape of his life. That context in the future falls out, he starts losing the urgency and motivation to get fit. But he can recreate that urgency anytime he wants, Right. Whether it's like signing up for another vacation or doing something where he's got to be outside, again, leveraging looking good, leveraging the future. And once you start noticing all these different phenomenons, that's the thing. It's not about overcoming the parts of yourself you don't like. Those things are there for life. Sorry, guys. We've tried everything. They don't go away. Right? They're just they're there to play with you. But you can un- start understanding the design of human. Start understanding the phenomena of human. And when you understand these things... Not just with your mind, but as an experience, especially with your experience, you'll start learning how to leverage them to create transformation in every area of life that you want. And our whole program, having it all, really means what are the areas of life that are important to you? And if they're not at a 10, we know that there's conversations that are debilitating you, that you're procrastinating about, that you think someday you will, and you think you have all the time in the world. And we're telling you guys, you don't. I mean, we're still fairly young. This shit's going by really fast. Like, holy shit fast. My mom turned 57 today. I'm sitting here going, how did mom get on the opposite side of her mid-50s? My, my son went to kindergarten today. Yeah, went to kindergarten today. I'm turning 33 tomorrow. You know, like, Elon's, he's getting old. Like, his back hurts. His knees, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, but like, we, we live in a state of urgency constantly. And it's, we don't feel pressured by it. It's like a fun game to play. We're going to kind of wrap up the conversation here. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, thanks so much for your listening. Have an amazing day, night, or afternoon, wherever you are in the world. All right, guys. Love you. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family. And truly, truly, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, Just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, 
You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.